This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. We're going to get through the mailbag. But first, I want to get into this topic that we started on Rob Bass was very good and I thought it was a very good halftime show for a game that no one cared about and the other note I have was that building was way louder than it deserved to be for the game that we watched like I thought I was amazed at how loud it got on that final drive like and it's like it's like the Saints have such good fans like they really do and like the fact that there was anyone there at all is so telling of like how how much people want this team to be good. <laughs> like they care so much that they like any like I don't know any stadium, but probably half the stadiums in the NFL, there would have been more road fans than home fans and they would have been they wouldn't have made any noise on that final drive and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was kind of impressed the the lower bowl was look I think the lower bowl is pretty much totally filled and there were splotches on the middle and, and upper level kind of thing. But whoever did show up was definitely, like you said, raring to go. And, and I don't know, the, the dome, no matter what, is usually magic. And unfortunately, there wasn't there wasn't that good voodoo on this team this game. Yeah, yeah, it didn't. It didn't go well. And, you know, the fans deserve better, right? Like that's uh, that's something that I think um, we can say for a lot of the season. The fans deserve better. And. I'm going to get into this now. I didn't want to get into the last segment because I feel like we need more time and I don't want it to be an hour long segment. But like, I think there do need to be changes on this staff. But like, I don't think that every issue with the team just reflexively saying, oh, Dennis Allen sucks, fire Dennis Allen. Like, I don't think that's solving any problems. Like, there are issues that need to be solved, but pretending that your kicker not being able to make a field goal is the head coach's problem is like something that he could have done differently to make Will Lutz kick the ball straight. That's missing the forest for the trees in that you have a Will Lutz problem. Like is Will Lutz the kicker that you can depend on going forward? I don't know, but like, that's the question. You, you look at Darren Rizzi, right? You look at like that part of the, that part of the staff when the offense is, is struggling the way it has, it's like, okay, are you going to look at, the defensive head coach, or are you going to say, okay, we need to pull some strings at the offensive coordinator position and make changes. And that's what David Wiles says. He says, the offense need help this offseason, need a QB and offensive coordinator stat. And it's like, yes. Like, do you, do you see a defense that held the opposing quarterback to 43 yards passing and did not get 
any complimentary football played by the by the offense because that's what I saw, and that's the guy I'm looking at. Like, yeah, you could clean house every year that things don't go well, but that's not how you create a winning football team. And I don't know. No, and I just don't think that Dennis Allen is not somebody that the organization isn't fully committed to. You know what I mean? Oh, they're, they're um, they are committed to him, right? Right, and it just doesn't. He's he he is going to have to make some tough decisions though, like you said, and I, I think that starts obviously on the offense because that's not Saints that's not Saints football when you can't get your your one of the top weapons in the NFL into the freaking end zone, and yeah. it just is a question of I, I guess is it is it really on Andy Dalton too as much as everybody wants to put it on quarterback and. At times, I understand. There's he he has his deficiencies, obviously, but <laughs> but he's he's a guy you know that when it does get tough, he's not going to fold on you. Yeah, to me, it's like it's not a question of whether whether Andy Dalton can play quarterback at a level that's high enough to win games. Like we've and seen, he that. got he's banked up in that game. Yeah, I rode an elevator with him. He seemed fine. Um, <laughs> Nothing was wrapped. No, no. He, he, he and his, this is kind of funny when we were leaving the Superdome, I was waiting for the elevator in the press box and it's just, it comes up and it opens and I wasn't expecting anyone to be in there. And that's always weird when there's people in the elevator, like, because you press the button and you're at the top floor and you're like, there's not going to be anyone in here. Cause they would have already gotten off. Why would they come up to go down? Well, the elevator doors open and there's people in there and those people are Andy Dalton and the guy I can only assume is Andy Dalton's dad because they look exactly like each other. And, and so it's like, oh, okay. And so we rode the elevator down and they're talking about like the playoff scenarios. It was very funny to me, but he seemed fine. Anyway, I think yeah, that when you talk about the quarterback position, you want dynamic quarterback play and everyone wants dynamic quarterback play. And what you need to have is league average quarterback play. And that's what you have with Andy. Now, are you a Super Bowl contender with league average quarterback play? Probably not, no, right? So, it right. kind of feels like you need, unless you were the 49ers and your team independent of the quarterback is dynamic at every position and you do just need a game manager, but you know, you look at, look around the NFL and the teams that you feel like have a chance to win a Super Bowl are the Bengals and the bills and, and the chiefs, you know, and the, and the Eagles and these teams with a quarterback who is elevating the offense, not just managing. it. Um, and so that's where I see it. But I did think that the DA was pretty open on this question after the game. And so we can listen to that here probably a better time for us to to answer that question in terms of what we need going forward you know in the offseason but um you know mickey and i'll sit down you know this next week we'll talk about a lot of different things um we'll evaluate our program from top to bottom and then we'll make whatever adjustments we need to make and then we'll have a plan moving forward dennis would you expect that this offseason there are going to be more roster changes more personnel changes than maybe this team has experienced in the last five years. Or so. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that. I mean, look. Certainly, when you you know we've got these magnets up on our board that have our depth chart, and um, you know a red magnet means that he's a unrestricted free agent, and certainly there's a lot of those red magnets up there. So, um, you know, look. We know in the business of pro football, there's always change. So there'll be there'll be change. You know, um, to what extent? I think. You know, those are decisions that we're going to have to uh, come up with over the next week or two. You're talking about uh, roster changes, but what about potential coaching changes after you largely kept? Yeah, I think I staff? think again, like like I just said, we're, we're going to evaluate everything. 
And so um, nobody's, nobody's making any decisions on anything 30 minutes after we walked off the field. Um, you know, so we'll, there'll be time to evaluate those things, and, and, and we'll see what we need to do to, to give ourselves the best opportunity as we go forward. You see, Mike Gundy, you can't answer that question without being an asshole. I don't even think anyone's going to get that reference, but Mike Gundy was a jerk to a reporter who asked him if there was going to be staff changes. And he was like, how dare you ask me that question? Anyway, but no, like, I think that's, you know, he's not saying there's going to be changes, but I think, you know, not deflecting that is pretty telling of like, you know, he could say like, I don't want to talk about it right now or blah, blah, blah. He's basically admitting that, yeah, there's there's a good chance that there's going to be some changes. Now, where they are, you don't know, but you don't watch this team operate the way it did and not feel like from the front office down, you need to significantly study and make decisions on how you're operating. And I think it has to start on the offensive side of the ball, and it has to start with Pete Carmichael. And I think, I think like, I, I really do like Pete. I enjoy him as a person. I think he's a really good football mind. I don't think that he is suited to be the commander of an offense. Like I think he's a decent offensive coordinator when you have a Sean Payton leading the show. I do not think that he is the, the kind of standard holder for a dynamic offense in the 2023 version of the NFL. And so you need to find a way to modernize or at least, you know, bring in someone with more cachet that can, that can, be more creative and and give you an identity on offense. And that's kind of where I see this team really needing to make changes. And that's the thing. If you clean house, you can't just fix the problems you have. You have to start from scratch. Whereas if you just fix the issues and can find a way to, to, to you know, make it a more well-oiled machine, then you can build on things. And 7-10 and 10 is a record you can build on. That's my take, but I know people disagree. Seven and ten sounds a bit gross, though. Oh, I agree. I agree, but it's not like two and fourteen. No, but at least you knew, like the the mediocre. You know, seven and ten is still mediocre. Those are the seasons that are hard on the stomach. I think just because you're you almost see a product that's there, and then it just for for whatever reason the growth or because you know the, the you want to say growing pains or because of injuries, just things don't end up going your way. So it was like that that season that could have been, but wasn't almost. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I agree with that, but it, you know, on the flip side of that, it could have been two and 14, but you also could have been blown out in game after game after game and not been, not yeah. felt like you were a competitive team. The reason this is frustrating is because it feels like the Saints should be winning games and they didn't win enough of them. And they were close enough in so many of them that they should have won them. And not against the Panthers. <laughs> Can't right. beat the Panthers. Well, w- right, exactly. Like the Panthers games were kind of notwithstanding. And I think week three was tough because Jameis was p- trying to play through significant back and foot injuries. And so you don't didn't get a real a real look at what the offense should have looked like with him healthy. This game, I just don't think you can take anything away from it because it was just a garbage football game. And that game um, in Carolina, I don't know, like Thomas and Landry got banged up in that game in Carolina too. Yeah, so you didn't have any receivers, and your quarterback was playing Ridiculous through injuries he should never have been asked to play through. And so, yeah, but like I, I think that's why I look at it like, you know, like I think there are levers you can pull that can make you a more representative NFL kind of team that should be in the playoffs, and you just you didn't get enough of them right 
this year in the first year of a new head coaching tenure where there were a lot of questions and you had to make educated guesses in terms of, okay, maybe, maybe we can just maintain the continuity on offense and Pete Carmichael can take over and do things in a way that, you know, you don't miss John Payton. But I think we learned throughout the course of the season that that's not true. And that's I, not the fault of anyone other than, you know, you have to correct that mistake. The, the huge issue that definitely comes down to back to, to Carmichael for me is the fact that you've got the horses around you. You've got the talent to work with when you have, um, you know, the quarterback situation, I'm not going to say is an ideal kind of thing, but when you have a weapon like uh, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, you know, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill, uh, Alvin Kamara, especially a guy like Alvin Kamara, I'm just thinking that this offense should be obviously able to put up more than freaking seven points in a game. Yeah, you got to be better. Even besides, like, you know, picking on Lutz for not making his kicks, we got to get in the end zone. Yeah, and you, you also have to make your kicks. Um, but yes, yes you do have to, you have to get into the end zone and you know, we don't have to go any deeper on that. Like that's, that's my, that's my piece on it. I think you need to replace the offensive coordinator and, you know, I don't know. Ronald Curry is an interesting guy. He's a quarterback's coach. I think he did a pretty good job this season. Cody Burns, I think has done a really good job with the wide receivers. The offensive line is tougher to gauge because you didn't really see much from Trevor Penning. So you don't know how, how well Doug Marone has been leading that group, but you did see a serious jump forward for Cesar Ruiz and they've all been singing Doug Marone's praises. And so, you know, you kind of feel like you're doing okay there. Zach Streif, I think, has done a good job. So and I don't I think thought, you need to replace the entire offensive staff, but I do think you need an identity at the top, and you don't have it right now. And so don't that's you think, where, though, Ramchek had a pretty down year? He did, and you have to wonder if he is if he is falling off a little bit. Um, right. He's been dealing with injuries, and they've been piling up. And anytime you're dealing with repetitive knee, knee issues, um, you start to worry. And so maybe that is a position where you have to – you have to start thinking about, okay, where's who's our right tackle of the future? Um, but he's still playing confident NFL football. So I don't think that's a that's an emergency position. Um, no, but he wasn't the same obvious all-pro ram check you're used to. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. But yeah, you got you to gotta figure that out. Rubber Johnny here. In his last post-game presser of the season, when asked about what went wrong, DA literally said, we're going to look at the tape. Unreal. I mean, what do you think he's going to say? How do you think they figure? Like, that is a very fan thing to be like, I watched this game in real speed and the announcers told me this. And so this is my take and this is what it's going to be. I don't need to watch it again. I don't need to slow this down. I don't need to study it at all. I know it. It's true. It's a fact, but that's that's not how teams operate. Like when you send a coach up there and you ask him about a specific player in a game, he just watched 200 plays of a football game or however many plays there are in a football game. Like he's not ready to be like, yeah, Chris Olave ran the wrong route on third and three in this with seven minutes and 55 seconds left in the third quarter. Like, no, he's going to watch it on film and he's going to make an assessment. And so like, that's not an unreasonable thing for a coach to say. And any coach who goes up there and trashes his players without watching it again, that's a bad coach. <laughs> that's say, a coach the players even, don't want to play for. watching it again, he's not going to throw them under the bus again, even the next day. Like tomorrow or Monday, Allen's not going to say, oh yeah, Olave, you know, his hands really were a disappointment for us when we needed him most. Well, not in a press conference, but he might say that to Chris in person, right? Like <laughs> that might be in the team meeting and he'd be like, hey, Chris, you let us down here. <laughs> like you're going to have an exit interview and you're going to be bringing these things up. And I think 
what he said about Chris Olave was interesting too. Um, cause I thought it was very, I thought DA, you know, we, I've been critical of him in press conferences. I don't think he, he handles himself very well in terms of he's just kind of very robotic and you kind of want to see a little more emotion out of him. Like they're kind of somewhere. awkward though. So I get it from, but yeah. obviously he has to deal with it. But I did think he was actually a little more open in this press conference. And here's what he said about Chris. Olave. Yeah. He's, he's been the same guy each and every week. You know, he's highly talented. Um, he's got a lot of things that he's got to continue to work on to get better at. I think there's a lot of growth left in that player. Um, and we're expecting to see a lot of growth in that player. So certainly, um, you know, good start, but not, not, not near where he can be. Um, and, and, and I think he's got to have a good offseason so that we can take that next step to develop into the type of receiver that I think he really can be. Yeah, first-round picks don't drop footballs like that. No, but I mean, like, I think that's fair, right? Like, he did a lot of good things in his rookie season, but there are things to work on, especially ball control, ball security. But that's stuff you can work on, right? Like, until you get to the NFL and these coaches get to work with you, there's a lot of mystery. And then you you get into your first offseason and you're kind of just working on everything. And then you play an entire season, and now you get to the end of it. Now you have your first NFL offseason, your first full NFL offseason with no combine and no pro days, and you were just a professional football player. And so you can look back and say, okay, these are the three, the top three things that I need to focus on the most. Ball security, you know, route running, this and that. and Bulking up. And then you work on that. And then you come in in year two, and you are a more well-rounded player. And that's the point that Chris Olave is at right now. We know what he does well. He needs to improve the things he doesn't do as well. And so I thought that was a, that's a, that's a fair point by DA, which is like, he's a really good re- receiver. He is not anywhere near where he needs to be to be a star receiver. And that's what you saw today. Like, you can't fumble the way he has fumbled this season. You can't have these letdowns in key instances where the ball hits you on the hands or in the helmet. Um, and that's where you got to change it. Like I said before, I couldn't believe it. It looked like we were primed to see – a huge Olave breakout after that nice little spin into the end zone. Everyone was all excited to open the game and then nothing but pain afterwards. Yeah, so 504 Co. and, and David Weil both kind of asked the same question. It says, is the restructure a clear sign that we are moving on from, from Mike Thomas? And so, to you know, we didn't talk. This happened yesterday, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it in the pod. Effectively, what happened is the Saints reduced Mike Thomas's 2023 cap hit from $15 million to $1 million, or, you know, the, there's more specific numbers, but that's basically where you're at. They also guaranteed a $900,000 signing bonus, which kind of just greased the skids to make it worth his while to sign this kind of restructured deal. And so, yeah, you're kind of pushing that cap hit forward, which means that the most likely thing that's going to happen is he's going to get cut. It's going to be very difficult to trade him because why, as another team, would you take on such kind of a weird contract for a guy who hasn't effectively hasn't played more than a couple snaps for three years, you know, like, and you're, you're questioning his health. And so you're going to want to bring him in on a more team friendly deal. And so I think that's what you would want to do, but teams aren't going to trade for that contract when they know they can just wait until he gets released and then negotiate with him. Um, So I think that's, what's going to happen. It's very unlikely the team keeps him on the roster and accepts the cap hit that he would bring. Um, so yeah, I think this the way I put it this morning on first take is this doesn't mean that they're definitely going to cut him. But if you were going to cut him, this is the step you would have to take first for that to be able to happen in a way that actually benefits you from a cap perspective. Right, if if you're following 
you know, the step-by-step here, it kind of seems that's where that's the, the direction is headed towards him, you know, kind of getting released by the team, which is unfortunate because I know one fans are going to be angry and they should, the fact that you're not going to get obviously any value for anything for a player like Michael Thomas, who you know is going to end up on a, a roster and have a, a totally healthy season ball out because you know, the guy's skill level hasn't just vanished. Yeah. I'd be happy for him. Right. Like I root for guys like that because that's frustrating. Cause I want to see great football players play football. Like I don't enjoy complaining about a guy. I want to see Mike Thomas out there healthy and balling out. Cause I love watching Mike Thomas play. And well, so whether it happens in New Orleans and else, Yeah. And, and like, I think that to an extent there has been a undue amount of emphasis placed on Mike for the last two years, because he is your biggest investment in the wide receiver room and you need him out there. Now I think you're feeling a little better about where you are in that regard. And so you can say, okay, you know what? This just, this, just something's got to give. We're going to move on. You know, they made it, I think they did as good as they could to make it worth Mike's while. And so he's going to go and he's going to find a new deal somewhere. Uh, that's my, that's my guess. And you know, yeah, that'd be great if he had a, if he had a healthy season and then the saints now can focus their time and energy and the coaching staff's time and energy on developing Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid and whoever else they bring into that wide receiver room. I do think that they need to bring in a body receiver, you know, like a, like a bigger receiver, because that is one thing that you are now lacking because I expect Jarvis Landry to be out of town is that kind of possession receiver. But yeah, Jarvis just couldn't unfortunately hold up either, but one of those Another guy guys just that, unfortunately been dealing with injuries, right? Yeah, but another one of those guys that was definitely a solid voice in that locker room this year. Really enjoyed any time that we did get to talk to him. Here's Ricky B. The O line was horrible this year in the middle of the defensive line. Yeah, it's it's the O line's tough because you've been dealing with so many injuries, and that's always the case on the offensive line, right? Like offensive linemen are injured more frequently than anyone else just because of the position they play and you know, it's like not hard to understand why. Like you watch all these replays where they're kind of blocking and they have no ability to avoid someone like rolling up on their ankle or, you know, it's like you see it happen all the time and you wonder how these guys aren't dealing with injuries every week. Like that's why I get annoyed when people complain when the Saints take offensive linemen in the draft. It's like you need these guys. And then it's like, yeah, when it's bad, you can't do much. Like, you know, we I, I don't know how many people watch the Jaguars-Titans game last night or Saturday night, like the Jaguars won that game. They honestly should have lost it. Josh Dobbs lost that game for the Titans. And the reason that the Jags probably should have lost that game was because they hadn't, their offensive line couldn't block. I mean, the Titans were through every possession. Like Trevor Lawrence, who has had a great season, couldn't had no time, right? And when the offensive line is not protecting the quarterback, it's really hard to win a game, right? Like that's, that's how the Giants beat the unbeatable Patriots in the Super Bowl by having a pass rush that you couldn't stop. And so like, that's, that's why good teams build through the lines. And that's why the Saints are going to continue to do that. And so if you're going to, if you're someone who complains about the offensive line, I really hope that you are not also someone that complains when the Saints draft Cesar Ruiz in the, in, you know, in the first round, because that's why you are bringing in guys like that. Yeah. And you, you, you definitely need to, to continually invest in that O-line, obviously for whoever's that quarterback and, and obviously, you know, benefits the run games in so many ways. I was really surprised that 
I feel like we saw more of Traquan today than than typical. Yeah, um, you saw Marquez on a couple snaps. So you saw Marquez yeah. on the snaps when I, you know, I mentioned Chris Olave was out of the game, right? Those were the snaps when you threw to Marquez, and he had a, per- you know, you say Andy Dalton had a terrible game. No, that's why it's not true. Right? He threw a perfect back shoulder fade to Marquez Callaway, who never saw it. <laughs> he just didn't find it, and that's yeah. I think Marquez has had a really down year, uh, which is disappointing. You know, I think he's probably I think there's a few instances going on right now where these were Sean Payton guys and they're Sean Payton holdovers and they might not fit in with the with the current regime quite as well. Um, but I will say, like on the field, though, Callaway is a very loose, animated, outgoing. You can see, you know, lively personality out there. So it's like you would think that kind of fun player would translate to the field, but it it really just hasn't. Well, if he, he, I mean, like his best play of the season came on the first Panthers game where he turned an interception into a touchdown. Yeah. If you remember, he just kind of just reached up and grabbed it. And like, that's the type of play that, you know, we haven't seen from him. And because I think he, he's just not on the field because I don't think he can create separation as well as he needs to. Here's the young blood of 46. Saints need to draft a young running back to pair with Kamara next season. Tajay Spears of Tulane would fit the bill. I would love to see Tajay Spears on the Saints. I would love to see them bring in a young running back. I've been saying this all season that it annoys the hell out of me. That not, and it's nothing against Mark Ingram. It just annoys me that you don't have a young running back kind of learning at the feet of a Mark Ingram, right? Like that should be what you're trying to do is have pipelines. I call them pipeline positions, right? Where you have a veteran, like there are, there are players who could be good quality NFL players. They are not that because they need to learn and they learn by studying what the good players do. And so when you have a DeMario Davis, right, you're able to develop a Caden Ellis because he's able to learn from this guy. Whereas in other instances where you kind of just throw him into the wolves, he might not be able to do that. And so that's what I would love to have seen from the saints when they had Mark Ingram. And then you bring in a young guy who can learn from Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. They didn't do that. Same thing. They didn't do a quarterback. It's the same thing. They didn't do with Malcolm Jenkins at safety. And that always bothers me because it feels like a wasted opportunity. And that's where like Mark Ingram is going to retire. And I I assume, Right, he may come back, but I have a. I, I feel like he's right on the edge, and so you haven't had that guy, and now you have you know Benjamin in there. Maybe he's a guy you keep around, but I don't know because you didn't play it. And so yeah, like I would like to see some in, an infusion of youth at the running back position because like like you saw two guys today, like Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, like these are guys who can get the job done, and you just have to give them a chance, and that's just not something the Saints have done. The Saints have typically been, I feel like, pretty good at grabbing undrafted you know, rookie talent that didn't happen this year, unfortunately. I thought, you know, we, we would about, have a... What are you talking about? Yes, they did. Where? Rashid. No, no, I meant at running back. Sorry. Oh, running back. But typically, yeah, I, mean, I feel like they've hit some some pretty good home runs with with undrafted talent at running back, They but weren't able to mine yeah. that this year. Like Pierre Thomas, I think that's kind of what you're thinking of. Yeah, um, like a Kyrie Robinson, yeah. uh, Chris Ivory. yeah. But I mean, hasn't you haven't seen that in a while, right? Like they drafted Boston Scott in the sixth round and let him go. Well, like Abram Smith, I like I don't know, you know, that was someone that we all were off on because we just assumed that the you know they brought him in and they, like he looked solid. I don't think he looked bad. But is he in the no, XFL? Didn't even make the practice squad. Did, I think he got drafted in the XFL, right? I don't know, but like I he believe- didn't even make the practice squad. No. Like, yeah, whatever we were. Thinking about that, that 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 did not pan out. Yeah, something didn't, something didn't compute there, which is really odd. 
Um, you know, maybe he just didn't he didn't pick up the offense. I don't know, but but he didn't yeah, obviously pick up anywhere else either. And anybody no, looking, no, it's looking not like for... he got claimed or anything. Yeah, Don <laughs> Tomasino, who was the running backs coach? That's Joel Thomas. Um, been around for a while. Uh, one one note for Joel, and I think one of the reasons the Saints wanted to bring Eno in, Joel Thomas actually recruited Eno Benjamin out of high school. Joel was a coach at Arkansas, I believe, at that point, and he recruited Eno, so he knows Eno well, and I think that's part of the reason the Saints wanted to bring him in. But yeah, Joel, Joel's been around for a while. He's very well-liked. Uh, I would expect him to stick around. It's a, it's official, Jeff. The Wikipedia page for Abram Smith says, American football running back for the D.C. defenders of the XFL. There you go. Okay, well, good for him. <laughs> at least he's still playing. We don't have an XFL team in New Orleans, huh? We do have the the Breakers, though. I know that how you you love them, so they they do not play in New Orleans. Are they coming back this year, or are they still doing Alabama? Why are you asking me? I don't know. I, I figured know. you might know. You're the 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 all knowing. <laughs> it's sad though that they, if they're not back yet. Here's Pammy Whammy Jeff. Don't put lipstick on this pig. It's bad. Do people actually put lipstick on pigs? Does that help? Has anyone ever done that where it's like, oh man, that lipstick, that really helped that pig? I don't know. I don't know how that, one of those I think that's the, like the phrase right? is like, you can't make a pig look pretty by putting lipstick on it. But I don't know. I've never seen a pig with lipstick on it. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to shame this pig. Porky Pig's girlfriend looked pretty good. Why are we so <laughs> mean to pigs? They're delicious. <laughs> I do I do love me love me a good pig. Let's get one more good question in here and then we'll we'll go. The last question that just came in about Jameis. I think we know the assessment. Oh, here's one Dwayne Harris, which you know, there's a there was a former return guy named Dwayne Harris who I uh, I enjoyed watching, but I don't think this is that guy. He's talking about the the Dalton pass to Marquez. He's like, that's stretching it. It wasn't a perfect pass. I'm like, fine, it wasn't perfect, but it was a ball that could have been caught if Marquez had any idea where it was. And so that's when I say like, perfect, fine. You don't, nothing is perfect, but it could have been caught and he just didn't know where it was. Oh, you really want me to get into Jameis in the last, the last, the last question? I guess we could. Okay. It might be the last time we talk about him ever. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get a fair assessment of the Jameis situation? This is Ransom Antoine. I mean, I I feel like I've been pretty uh, consistent on, my take on the Jameis situation. And it's that Dennis Allen did not want Jameis to be his quarterback. No, I was going to say, I think it's pretty clear what the team's plan was for Jameis, obviously. No, no, I I don't know about that. I think this is a Dennis Allen thing. And, um, you know, I I think the head coach has the right to decide who his quarterback is. So wait a minute. So you you don't think Pete's got anything to do with that though, either? Well, yeah. So when I say Dennis Allen, like I'm just saying it's not the front office is, is kind of what I'm saying. Like it's a Dennis Allen regime sure, thing. Sure. Yeah. And I do think that, yes, Pete Carmichael was a factor in the sense that Dennis Allen felt more comfortable with Pete Carmichael and Andy Dalton, that combination, than he did with the Jameis Pete Carmichael combination. And part of that is fair because I don't think Pete Carmichael was cut out for the job. But, you know, from 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 the Jameis side of things, it's a tough situation and it's a bummer because I really wanted to see him kind of spread his wings in this offense and get a chance to be a starter. I don't know if he's going to get another chance. I don't know if there will be a market for him. Um, I'd hope there is. I hope the saints don't hold him hostage if they're not going to give him a chance to start games. Um, And I I don't think they're going to. So I, I expect that 
Do you think there's any chance they could get a low draft pick for him or nah? No, no one's going to trade for him. I'd like to see him get a chance to go sign somewhere else for a team that needs a quarterback and get a chance to play. There's a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah. No, there's jobs out there. And, you know, the position position that is so important, there's not many really good ones in the league, which is crazy. No. And and the other thing that's interesting is I don't think that the Saints are going to be able to re sign Andy for $3 million. No, there's no way, right? I mean, because he's been good enough, right? And that's and that's the thing. It's like, I get it. I know people want to make this out to be like, there's some vitriol between the team and Jameis, and that's maybe there is. But like the bigger issue that kept Jameis off the field is Andy Dalton actually played pretty well. Um, and well, they, they might end up stuck with Winston under contract while Andy is getting paid somewhere else. Well, right. Like, and that's, I was talking to Bobby about this this morning. And it's like, you just remember, go back to Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like premium backup quarterbacks can get paid. And you look at like the Titans, right? Do you not think the Titans would have liked to have like a, like an Andy Dalton back there to win that game? Cause I think, you know, Josh Dobbs played reasonably well, but he lost them that game, right? He missed the, they missed the playoffs because their best option was Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis, who was terrible, actually worse and so, like, you know, teams are going to be willing to pay. And so I think the Saints are going to have competition to re-sign Andy, even in a backup role. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. So that's something. Wop with Chicago again and now get Trevor Simeon back. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Chicago will give up Trevor? But yeah, it's it's tough. And, you know, I'd like to see Jameis come back, but I don't know how you how you reconcile that. I don't know how you would be like, yeah, we benched you last year and we didn't even bother to put you in when we were desperate. But do you want to start now? Do you trust us? Do you want to come into training camp and compete? Yeah, it's just not a good look. And I don't like how it's gone with him and it's disappointing. And yeah, I don't know if there's much more to be said than that. I'm hoping that he gets a chance somewhere. It's definitely strange for him. It wasn't it's it's hard to put his performance, you know, on the on the 
reason why Winston hasn't been successful because of the fact that the guy just hasn't been able to stay healthy for whatever reason. I mean, last year and this year, that's another case where a pretty predominant piece to your offense now, along, like I'm saying, with a Michael Thomas, obviously, he was supposed to be your starting quarterback, and boom, the guy's, you know, shelved immediately this season. A lot of things just did not begin right for this black and gold squad. It's suboptimal, right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't – like, if if Jameis never gets hurt, I don't think Andy ever gets in the game, right? And so that's that's the tough part. And that's why I think when you're Jameis, you tried to play through it because you had a feeling that this might happen. Um, and you didn't want to give up that spot. And then you were assured that it wouldn't, and it did. Um, so that's that's tough. And, you know, I, I give Jameis all the credit in the world because, you know, you look at, like, like Derek Carr – uh, Marcus Mariota, you know, that's how those situations can go. Like they, you can get bailed on these players don't take it well and they move on. You know, you like Ryan Tannehill before the season, he was like, I'm not here to mentor Malik Willis, you know, like Aaron Rodgers basically said, how dare you draft Jordan love, you know, even though Receiver Aaron Rodgers nice. was Jordan love like to Brett Favre. And so like it, the, the fact that Jameis has handled it and we've gotten to the end of the season and he's still, you know, active in the locker room and he's still practicing and he's still serving. He's the backup quarterback, right? Like if, if Andy Dalton got hurt, he would be the guy going in. And so you have to give him credit for that. And I think he played reasonably well when he was healthy. That's the frustrating thing is he just was healthy for such a minimal amount of time that he would have gotten a chance to start. Because like even, and that's the thing, like even later in the season, even when they went to Andy Dalton, Jameis was not 100%, right? Like you could have put him out there but you would have been putting him out there at something less than 100% and dealing with the the lingering injuries, mostly the foot as opposed to the back, because the foot was a bigger issue um, in terms of coming back. And so that's when that's the point where you got that's the point where the coaching staff decided we we're more comfortable with this. And that's the point where he lost that job. I can't wait to go into this offseason talking about who's going to be the quarterback. Who are they drafting? Are they going to bring in a free agent? There's there's so much uncertainty, obviously, still with that. I mean, there really isn't any free agent to me, at least, that kind of piques my interest unless, obviously, in no way in hell is it going to happen. Is Lamar Jackson available? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be. It, it sounds like, you know, there's going to be an option. There's going to be the ability to go try and get him. So, you know, maybe that is the, you know, you saw that last year with Deshaun Watson, like this team is willing to try to clear the decks and go get a guy that's proven. I just and, think they uh, franchise him, tag him, huh? Well, I think they will franchise him in order to trade him because they're not going to try to let him walk for nothing, but they also don't want to pay him. So I don't think that they're going to franchise him and have him play on the franchise tag because trying to franchise a guy two years in a row is very difficult. It's very expensive, very fast. I think Kirk Cousins might be the only one I can think of that actually had it happen. Um, and so like the, like the Washington paid like $36 million for one season of Kirk Cousins. And then he went to Minnesota anyway, but yeah. So, yeah, you know, that right. could happen. We'll see. Brian Russell wants to know how we feel about Max Duggan or Henry Hooker. I think there's going to be options. Um, it's just really difficult to find a quarterback that's starting caliber outside of the first round. He also wants to know if we're Saints fans or just Saints reporters. And if we'd like to see them succeed, I don't know what that means. I definitely want to see him succeed. 
Do I seem like but someone I, who doesn't care whether the Saints win or not? I care. But you know what? What's odd, I will say for both of us for doing a Saints podcast, neither one of us grew up Saints fans, though. No, but that's why I'm also not like ridiculously emotional about all. Right, this. I think like, that's that's a good. Practical. I think that is a good bonus to that. But no, I mean, I, I watch a hell of a lot more Saints games than any other football team. So let's put it that way. I plus can't be a great fan of other teams. Plus, to me, you're you're around these guys. You see them in the locker room, whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying you have like a a relationship, but you're still pulling for this team because. You know, it, it it means a ha- happier times and much better spirits around too. Agreed. All right, that's the end of that. <laughs> I think we've gone through the mailbag about as deep as we can. There is one other question because I promised that if someone asked a question, we would talk about it. Sean to Arizona. <laughs> David Wild wants to know pie or cake. Ooh, I do love a, a good pudding pie, but I probably have to. I'd, I'd say I have more cake than pie. Well, so I'm kind of confused on this one because I would say cheesecake, which is called cake, but I would think it's technically pie. Yeah, like a cheesecake isn't really a cake. And no, a pie right. crust. There is, there is no cake involved with a with cheesecake, right? And then, and you make it in a pie crust, but yeah, it's a, a, called a cheesecake. So I don't know. I think that's technically a pie. So I think I would go pie because that's my go-to is che- like a good cheesecake. Anyway, it's like driving on a freeway and or whatever. What's uh? I have no idea. What you're talking you about. park. You park. On a driveway, but you drive on a, a parkway. Yes. Good job. There you go. I got I got through it. Yeah, we got there in the end. But all right, let's wrap this up. This is the final post-game edition of the Inside Black and Gold podcast for the 2022 season. I do appreciate everyone who's uh, been in here, left a comment, sent me a message, chimed in, told me I'm dumb. I, I love it all. It's been a lot of fun. And so we're going to keep doing this throughout the offseason, but we're going to scale it back a little bit. As I mentioned, just episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to have a lot of pre-recorded stuff so you might have some evergreen topics uh throughout the off season but stick with us and we'll we'll come back for next year fully loaded i can't believe it's over it's never really over steve an actual saints football game it's going to be a while you know one of the things about the saints missing the playoffs that i appreciate is i actually get to watch the playoffs (laughs) (laughs) instead of having to work them I can get to go to a bar and watch playoff football, which is really fun. And it's one of the things I miss when I cover the games because it's like that's one of the reasons I love football because I can go just get drunk and yell. Um, and so I'll be able to do that. So if you want to come down to Finn McCool's, where you can find Jeff yelling and where you can find me drunkenly berating Daniel Jones for doing something dumb, feel free to come hang out. And uh, yeah, I'll be there. Trust me, I'll, I'll be there. All right. Peace, y'all. Say goodbye, Steve. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.